Okay, grab your Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 5, if you would, verses 15 to 17. As you can hear, my voice is on its way out. I practiced with our worship team on Thursday night, and all it was awesome. It was so good. And now my voice shows that I really shouldn't be on the worship team at all. Uh, So it is on its way out. And since my voice is weaker, I just want you to know I have intentionally changed my message so that I will end a minute sooner. So just to let you know that I'm really being conscientious about these things. Hey, maybe, um, maybe you've heard of the comedian Yakov Smirnoff. Uh, when he first came to the United States from Russia, he was not prepared for all of what he would see, especially the incredible variety of instant products that you can get in our grocery stores. So here's what he said. He says, man, my first shopping trip, I saw the most incredible things. I saw powdered milk. You just add water, and then you have milk. And then he says, then I saw powdered orange juice, and you just add water, and then there's orange juice. And then he said, I went to the next aisle, and I saw baby powder. And I said, what an awesome nation this is. You know, we are so used to instant, aren't we? We're so used to the microwave, to fast everything. I want results now. I don't really feel like waiting for results. I want them now. And if they don't come soon enough, we have customer service. We have complaint cards. You know, all you need to do, and this is, this is our society, if you go on any, any website, if you go on Facebook and you pull up 9 and 10 news, any of this stuff, it, right after you read the article, boom, there's a place for your comment, for you to share your opinion of what you think, and if you don't like something, or if you do like something, and so, you know, when things aren't going our way, or we don't like it, time for a comment. I'm getting on there, and I'm going to let them know what I think. And this is our society. It's like, it's got to be now. I need something now. It's got to be immediate. You don't have to wait. We know it's a little bit different in God's economy of disciple-making. We would love to think, you know what? They're going to show up to this event, or I'm going to say this verse, and boom, everything is different. But oftentimes in God's economy of disciple-making, It's a longer process. It's our investment rather than a quick event. It's the investment of our relationship. And so, you know, last week we went through what many people call the Great Commission. It's the end of Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. And when we worked through that, there were a couple main phrases that we pulled away from in this special passage given to us by Jesus when he talked to his disciples at the very end of his time on earth. And, and so there's two main things that were stressed. Number one is this. We talked about it last week. God's plan for making followers of Jesus is you. And if I'm going to lose my voice on something, it's going to be on this. God's plan for making followers of Jesus is you. I'm God's plan. 
I'm God's plan. You're God's plan. So say, I'm God's plan. Just say it with me. I'm God. It's us. From the very beginning of his launch of the church, Jesus says, you make disciples. It's you. And then God's program, because he says, go, or as you are going through life, make disciples. And so I'm God's plan, God's program for making followers of Jesus is everyday life. Everyday life. Now, I'm just here to say today that this isn't necessarily the way that the Church of America has looked at it. But there are places that do look at it this way. And I gave you these stats last week. Do you remember these? If you weren't here last week, just go online. You can pull up last week's discussion that we had on Sunday. But here's disciple-making growth rates. And I'm going to give these to you. These are in places that are not friends of Christianity or the gospel. Like Iran. The church evangelicalism is growing by 20% of its current evangelical population, 20%. In Afghanistan, 17% growth rate of evangelicalism in Afghanistan. And then at the bottom of the top 40 were these two places, Nepal and India. Now, interesting, when I preached this last week, I didn't realize it, but I had a missionary from Nepal sitting here in church. And so there's nothing more intimidating. This is just a little side note. I'm going to use up that minute I <laughs> planned out of it. <clears> there's <throat> nothing more intimidating than getting up and giving a stat like this and a message like this. And I go up and I meet this guy and he says, hi, I'm a missionary to Nepal. I thought, oh boy. And then he said, you're exactly right. That did my heart good. But Nepal and India, places where you could be put in prison, you may not show back up. Places where they have no other option but individually being disciple makers. Places where there's not a church building, where there's no programs, where there's no staff pastors, where there's no evangelistic events. Where people go people to people to people. This is where disciple making is flourishing. And then here's the stats for the U.S., This is what blows my mind. The U.S., our growth rate of evangelicalism is 0.08. Our population rate grows 12 times faster than that. We aren't even close to keeping up with the population rate in the U.S. So disciple-making, here's the ironic thing, it's it's occurring at the greatest levels where the church organization faces the greatest obstructions. Can you get that? Where church meets the greatest opposition, it flourishes. Here in the U.S., where the institution of church abounds, where you can go down a street and see multiple buildings and facilities and all kinds of events going on, disciple-making is nearly undetectable. And we ask why. Because God intended disciple-making to function best on the personal level, on relational levels as you go through everyday life, rather than relegating it only to the facility or to an event. Jesus says this thing is going to go, and it's going to go through people, 
My plan is people. The program is everyday life. So I have people that come up to me and they said, Pastor, do we have a program that reaches the lost? So I got a new answer for that. Yes. And it's you. I had someone come to me once and they said, Pastor, my neighbor is in the hospital and needs the gospel. Do we have something for that? Yes. And it's you. Pastor, I know someone that's a brand new believer and they need to be brought along. What do we have for that? Guess what the answer is? Oh, you guys catch on really quick. It's us. It's not just my word. That's what Jesus says. He made the church persecution-proof. Even when nothing could happen collectively, this thing took off by individuals. I would like to think maybe we can make East Bay Calvary pandemic-proof. So that if there's another shutdown, I hope not. But disciple-making doesn't stop because the church building can't open. Or we can't do our big event. Disciple-making can continue. In fact, it can go even faster. If we realize we're the plan and everyday life is God's program. So here we are, <clears throat> Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. And there's a dynamic set of verses here that really open up a tremendous understanding. Only two main points today, but I want to give these to you. Look at these verses with me, <clears throat> verses 15 to 17. <clears throat> Here's what the writer, the Apostle Paul says. We actually went through the context of this oh, about three months ago when we went through a study in the Holy Spirit, and especially verse 18. But look how uh, Paul sets this up. He says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Be very careful how you live. Making the most of every opportunity. Then he says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Two essentials. Here we go. If you're taking notes, if you're putting them in your phone, there's two essentials in this for everyday disciple-making, and we're going to jump to it right after I pray. Let's pray together. So, Father, as we focus in on your word, <clears throat> please, God, remove all distractions, even my stinking voice right now, because there's something more important that you want to tell us today. God, let nothing get in the way. Whatever we brought in the door with us, God, whatever issue we might be thinking about, Lord, whatever distraction may be around us, in us, or in front of us, God, remove it so that we can see these essentials and how you want to use us together to impact our world for Jesus Christ. And we pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Here we go. Two essentials <clears throat> I want to give you for everyday disciple-making. And I love how 
this text is set up because the Apostle Paul says, be very careful. Be very careful. Now, that is made up of two words. And the first word is, now, see to it. See to it. And then the second word is, accurately or carefully. So they put this compound together. See to it carefully. So he says, be very careful. And the best way I can illustrate this Maybe you're like this, maybe you've experienced this, <clears throat> is like when we wake up in the morning, my wife has already beautified herself, and I'm just kind of dragging down the hallway toward the bathroom, <clears throat> the door's open, and I walk in, slits for eyes, just meandering along, and she's like this. And I don't know if you know what she would say at that point. She says, I just lost a contact. You ever been there? So I go from a groggy gorilla <clears throat> to all of a sudden having my spidey senses. You know, you have to be very careful. You don't want to step on it. You have no idea where this thing is. And so all of a sudden, <clears throat> you're just looking around at every speck on the floor and on the counter and wherever it may be to find out where is this thing. That's the idea. Like, we need, and this is what Paul says, it's hammer time for him. He's like, folks, I need your attention because there's something that we need to be extremely attentive to. If we're ever going to make a difference for Jesus Christ, he says, I, hold on, I need your attention right here. And we've got to be careful to watch these things. <clears throat> and he gives us two things. The first one, essential number one, Pay attention to our integrity. Pay attention to our integrity. You're going to understand the significance of this. Because if God's plan is us, if it's me, and if God's program is everyday life, our integrity is who we are in everyday life. Here's how he says it. Be careful then how you live. Some translations say your walk it's all talking about our behavior, our life, what people know us to be. And so he contrasts the wise and the unwise. And he mentions the wise individual is the one who is perceptive of their life. And basically, chapter 5 is just a whole list of life change that Jesus Christ brings. And so even in verse 1, he says, follow God's example, therefore dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved and gave himself for us. So he's like, just like Jesus. Like Jesus gave his life for the sake of the message that we have, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he says, you know what? <clears throat> we need to watch our life. This is what people know of us every day. And we need to walk with wisdom. And so the reality is all those verses leading up to verse 15 talk about wise living according to Jesus and unwise living. And I'll have you go through that at some other time. But the reality is, he says, you know what? Our life needs to be the event. Our integrity is what captures the reality of people that what we're saying is true. Our clear distinction between the wise and the unwise is that dividing line. 
We recognize every, everyday life as the program. We are God's plan. Our lives, our attitudes, our ethic is critical. For some, they think the event is the attraction. For Jesus, he says, no, your life is the attraction. <clears throat> Let me give you this phrase. I've been mulling it over this week. Here's what it is. If we are to have everyday impact, our everyday lifestyle matters. You with me on this? We together on this? Is everyone awake? Okay, are you? Okay, good morning. You're at East Bay Calvary Church. Yeah. If we're to have everyday impact, our everyday lifestyle matters. Instead of just focusing on our talent, Jesus focused on our testimony. You there? Instead of focusing on our ability, wait till you see what I can do. Jesus focuses on our attitude. That's our everyday life. So all the focus, instead of focusing on an event, he focuses on your life. He says, this needs to matter. Everyday impact is affected by our everyday lifestyle. So he says, please pay careful attention to your life. We need to be real. You ever go and buy a car and you go to the Chevy dealer and he's really talking that car up? He's like, this thing is awesome. This is the best car out there. You need this car. And then you find out he drives a Honda. <clears throat> Does that ever raise questions in your mind? Same thing in life. If we walk up to someone and we're like, man, Jesus is the best thing. But they're driving something else in their life. It's like, what? What's up with that? That's why everyday living matters. Why our attitudes matter. <clears throat> why our work matters. Why our relationships matter. And we follow the example of God. Verse 1 in our lives. Who gave himself up for the sake of the gospel. We follow that example. Here's essential number two. two. <clears throat> the first one is pay attention to our integrity. The second one, he just opens up and just lets her rip. Essential number two, pay attention to our investments. I'm not talking money. I'm talking what he says right here in the text. Be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. And then he says this, making the most of every opportunity. And I realize there may be some differences, maybe in the translation that you're reading right now. The way I memorized this as a kid was redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. <clears throat> and here's what he's talking about with this. The word that is used is not time, chronos, as it is said, he's not talking about a clock and minutes and seconds, but rather kairos, which is speaking about opportunities that come. And then he uses a prefix on it, <clears throat> X, E-X, which is buy up. It's a marketplace term, and he's like, okay, <clears throat> Your opportunities are money. They are currency. They are so valuable. Just buy up 
every opportunity. Scoop them up. Now's the time. Whenever you see an opportunity that God puts in front of you, buy it. Do it. And that's the idea of this whole investment that he's bringing. The writer looks at opportunities as so valuable, highly valuable, you wouldn't want to lose your money. Well, you don't want to lose these opportunities. Now, how much of a contrast, friends, does that come to our lives? Because honestly, there are some times I look at other things as more significant than the opportunity. Oftentimes, I may look at my agenda as more important than the opportunity that God brings in that doesn't go along with it. Parents, let me just talk with you because I am one as well. How many times do we have our, our agenda and then we see our kid has a need, an opportunity to build into their life, to grow into their life, but it doesn't fit in our schedule? Now, I'm not talking about when we're putting them to bed and then they come up with all those excuses. You know, I'm thirsty. Yeah. I am too. Go to bed. I'm talking about those opportunities during the day when we're too busy to listen, to disciple them, to talk to them. What about opportunities with your friend, with your neighbor? Sometimes it doesn't fit into your schedule. And what the writer here says, you know what? Forget your schedule. That's not the valuable thing. The valuable thing is the opportunity. Buy it. Buy it now. Then he gives a reason. He says, buy them now because the days are evil. Are these days not going more and more evil? And he's like, you know what? These opportunities don't come all the time. Strike. Take it. It's more valuable than anything else that's going on. Whenever God puts an opportunity in front of our eyes, we snatch it up. Ironically, <clears throat> I found a, a note that I had made to myself about an experience I had years ago, about 10 years ago. Do we have a coal muffler dealership in Michigan? I don't know if that's just an East Coast thing. But I went to Cole Muffler to have tires put on my car, if that makes any sense. It does if you're from upstate New York, people. Don't, give me a break now. Come on. <clears throat> to have tires put on the car. And I went into the waiting room because I waited while they were doing the whole thing. And I wrote this note to myself so I wouldn't forget what I did. I took my sermon study notes in to Cole Muffler with me as I'm sitting in the waiting area. And they said, it's probably going to be an hour and a half to, to do the tires. I said, okay, I'll just wait. I'll work on my sermon. So I'm working on my sermon, and a man walks in. So I wrote this down. My first thought was, oh, great. I don't want to be distracted from my message. Why does this guy need to walk in right now? He'll probably want to talk to me. And I've got a message to prepare. Now, you want to know the ironic thing? This is why I wrote it down. <clears throat> because I was studying a message 
that was focused on reaching others. Yeah, it's not funny. I'm, fo- I'm studying a message focused on reaching others, a cold muffler, and a man walks in the waiting room with me, and I'm like, oh. Why does he need to come in right now? <clears throat> and then a friend came in with him, and they're both sitting next to me, and they're both talking, and I'm just trying to ignore them and keep studying my message, because how important is that that I tell people to reach others when I'm not? Then the guy leaves, his friend leaves, and it's just the guy all by himself. And then that guy left, and I thought, okay, great, I'm all alone now. This is great. And then God put it in my mind, you stinking hypocrite. About five minutes later, the man walked in. And I set my books down and said in my heart, time to start reaching others. Here's your pastor studying to preach this message, gospel connections, while he's letting a gospel opportunity go by. Pay attention to our investments. Pay attention to our investments. Oh, there's so many things I could say here. We're finishing up. Here's another way Paul said it, and I love this. It's kind of a parallel verse in Colossians chapter 4. Paul said this, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Be wise in the way you act toward them. Make the most of every opportunity. That warning, the days are evil, how true. So think about this, would you? As we finish up, think about this. I'm going to flip the script. Value the attractiveness of your life over the attractiveness of an event or program. Okay, can I just flip the script on us? Sometimes we'll say, man, if we do these giveaways, oh, they will love it. That'll be so attractive. If we put on a big meal, oh, they'll come for the food. If we have all this talent on the the platform, they'll come for that. And Jesus said, and Paul said, careful how you live with outsiders. That's the attractive thing. That God does change lives. That meal's going to be gone. That giveaway won't be worth squat. But what makes a difference in the lives of people, it says right here, is how we live. Here's the way Jesus said it in Matthew 514, I can't say it any better. He said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's the attractive thing. Here's how Peter said it in 1 Peter 2, 12. 
live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's always been about the life. And there's no substitute that will ever be more attractive to our world than a life that Christianity really works in our relationships, in our attitudes. Value the attractiveness of your life over the attractiveness of an event or program. Here's number two. Value God's agenda over ours. We miss out on the opportunities because we're preoccupied with our schedule and plan. Opportunities don't come all the time because the days are evil. When they do, boom, we're buying them up. Buy them up. When God presents an opportunity, it's more important. People won't experience your life and we won't enjoy the opportunities unless we stop and focus on God's agenda. And then I want to give you this, and I just might end a minute early. I'm going to give you this. We've got some upcoming ways we all can grow together. I'm not just here to say what we need to do. We want to talk about how we can do it. And so here this fall, we have a couple big opportunities. How can we be disciple makers? How? One is we can disciple each other. We can disciple each other. We can be involved relationally in each other's lives to help each one take their next step with God. So one way to do that is through small groups. Through practical purposeful small groups. How do you like our new logo? Here's how we can be involved in each other's lives. Helping each other take their next step with God is through small groups. Here's another way. This fall, when the circle is done, we're going to crank up some early morning training time on Sunday morning, fall life training where we want to talk about the how. How can we be disciple makers in each other's lives and in our society? How do we do that practically? We're going to talk about it early hour here on Sundays because that's where the rubber meets the road. And can I ask one thing? Um, one thing that's going to help us critically to do these ministry things we need some folks with a passion for kiddos to help out in our kids' ministry. Because when we go to an early hour, we have double the kid load. We have extra nursery duty and fours and fives and twos and threes and all those things. We need others to help stand with us to be able to be involved in this training time for all of us. So do keep that in mind. Here's what Chuck Swindoll said, and then we're going to finish. In fact, why don't you stand with me while I read his quote. Chuck said this. This is good. God has given you sufficient time in each day to fulfill his perfect plan. And then he put this in including your interruptions. If his plan isn't getting done, he goes on, it's not that he planned too much for you, 
It's not that time ran out. It's that we allow our lives to get cluttered, our priorities to get adjusted, our resources to get committed from his main plan. I want to finish. God's plan is you. God's plan for making followers is you and it's me. His program is everyday life. And the most attractive thing our church can provide our community is sitting right here in this room and online. It's authentic lives in every day that live it out before others. And then relationally try to help them take their next step toward God. That's the best thing our church can do. And I didn't come up with a plan. Someone a lot smarter than me did. It's God. So would you pray with me? And as I pray, God's spoken to you. If you're not into disciple making, that's his plan. And you're it. Would you talk to him? Would you commit yourself to him? Would you be open to small group, discipling each other, to being maybe trained a bit this fall? Here's how we're going to do it in our personal lives. Would you talk to him about that while I talk to God? Father, in the name of Jesus, make this church pandemic proof. May nothing stop the gospel of Jesus Christ and your kingdom from advancing here in this region from us. God, use us not just for an event, but use us in everyday life to be difference makers and disciple makers. Help us to be wise and invest well. for your kingdom, your glory, for your fame. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless your week. I know what his plan is for you. Let's be about doing it.